Welcome to the Better Wallet Podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people who have changed their lives through managing their money. We talk about their money journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At least once a month, we'll have a new episode where you can learn how to manage your money better. We're going to be simplifying the money-related topics that keep people up at night, including budgeting, paying off debt, investing, and how to build a business. The goal is to make money a less taboo everyday topic. Now here's your host, Mark Russell. Welcome to the next episode of the Barrow Wallet Podcast. As you guys know, the Barrow Wallet Podcast is all about demystifying the topic of money and sharing powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds. If you listen to episode number one, so how I met my dad, how I found my biological father, part one, during that time we talked about why I was curious on, you know, finding out anything related to my biological side of the family, you know, how I, you know, basically thought someone else was my father. You learned a little bit about how I was able to meet my mom and keep in touch with her. And then we also talk about me taking DNA exam, Ancestry.com, in order to figure out, you know, how my DNA was broken up, you know, where my family migrated from, what part of Africa I was from. So that was all part number one. If you did not listen to part number one, Go back, listen to how I found my biological dad, part number one, and then come back to this episode because it'll make more sense. All right. So the reason why I wanted to have these episodes is because a lot of times I'm talking about finance. I want you guys to learn more about me and you know my upbringing and things that I'm currently navigating through because online, I think a lot of creators can seem to be perfect. They have everything in line. They come from a perfect family. I'm far from that, right? I've made my mistakes. I've learned from each one of those mistakes. And then also, I don't come from the perfect family dynamic. For Mother's Day, I was quick to say like, hey, like I haven't talked to my moms in a long time, like biological and and adopted moms. We just, you know, my adopted mom and I, we don't get along. My biological mom and I, we get along, but she's been in and out of rehab. So that's my story. And it's far from perfect, but that's me. And that's what make me, makes me unique. So on part number one, again, talk about my biological dad and understanding that side of the family. And where I left off is that I took the exam. I took about four months or three months, two or three months in order to take the actual exam. And then I finally got my results. So we'll start there. So eventually get my results. I log in apprehensively into Ancestry.com and they give you all the DNA results from matches that they've made in the past, right? So they tried to compare you to other people that took Ancestry.com or took the exam and their background, their DNA. And what they do is they try to match you up to different regions throughout the world to basically tell you how your DNA is broken up. The other cool thing about it is that it will compare you to other people who took the exam and their DNA. And the benefit there is that you get to understand who might be your first, second, third cousin, fourth cousin, five cousins, twice twice removed, right? It will tell you all that information. And me being a curious guy, (laughs) I wanted to understand who might be my cousin. So they give you a whole list of people who likely share the same DNA as you. One person who popped up happened to be my second cousin, I'm pretty sure it was, and her name is Tramika, 
right? Tramika and I actually have a pretty decent relationship nowadays. So Tramika, she lived in Georgia. We shared a good amount of DNA together. You know, her and her wife lived in Georgia. And I messaged her and I said, hey, I'm your cousin, I think, based off of this DNA exam that I took. She said, oh, this is great. And we started talking and I gave her my background. Say, hey, went through foster care. I know my biological mom. I think I know who my biological dad is. I'm pretty sure his name is Wayne Bird. And, you know, we're having this conversation and it was a fairly long conversation. And towards the end, she was like, you look very familiar. You kind of look like my uncle Charles, which I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Maybe he's my uncle too. Maybe he's my dad's brother. I was like, do you have an uncle by chance by name of Wayne Bird? She was like, I never heard of that name. And I don't have any pictures of this Wayne Bird guy. So I was like, yeah, you know, from what I know, like that's my biological dad. He's on my birth certificate, everything. So what she ended up telling me was, hey, like you should give a call over to Charles. Charles, my uncle, he lives in Philly. And I was like, I live in Philly as well. And he was like, oh, so he's like, he's in West Philly. You're in Central Philly. It'd be cool if you guys had a relationship because likely he's probably your uncle as well. So that led to a conversation with this Charles guy, great guy, ended up talking to him and his wife. And we had a long conversation about like what he's currently doing, what am I doing, the story from foster care, everything. And what I found out during that call, there was definitely a red flag, not red flag, maybe a green flag that popped up that basically told me that we might be closer than, you know, nephew, uncle. So as I was asking him what he did, he's like, I'm retired. I used to be a teacher. I used to be a carpenter. I used to be a realtor. I drive Uber. I do all these side projects while he's in retirement. And for a quick second, I told myself, this guy is my dad. There's no way he's not my dad. Like everything he is saying, how he looks from the different pictures, his overall demeanor reminds me of myself. It was probably the only time in my life. Remember, I went through foster care. No one in my foster care family is related to me, of course. Right. So this is my first time besides my biological mom and my siblings. The first time where I saw someone that looked like me, acted like me. Right. And I just had a feeling that it was my dad. But, you know, I kind of wrote it off and said, "Okay, well, you're probably my uncle and just said, let's move on. So after our conversation, which lasted about maybe an hour and a half, I decided that I was going to basically ignore that, you know, that even happened. Right. So I just, you know, kind of closed Pandora's box and said, I don't want to learn anymore because this is getting scary. (laughs) This is getting scary. Right. Like and I don't want to hear anything else. I want to learn any more about my potential biological family. So a few months goes by. I'm driving to Jersey. I go visit some family and I get a text message. Funny enough, it was a text and it came from no other than Charles McCoy, who was my uncle. Right. And the text completely changed my life forever. And the text said, I am your dad. <laughs> I'm your dad. I took the exam. I took ancestry.com exam. And, you know, it's saying that there's a 99% chance that you are my son. So my immediate response is, you know, why you text me is this stuff like this is really interesting. 
So end up calling him. He said he took the exam because there's a lot that he did back in the 80s and 90s that he wasn't proud of. He wasn't proud of, right? And there's moments in life where you go through certain things and you aren't mature enough and you have to live with what you did during that time, right? And that could really be anything, right? Some of my friends, I have friends that are in jail because they decided to, you know, sell drugs to and get in trouble. There's some people that, you know, got in trouble and they, you know, had a DUI and end up, you know, killing someone, right? So there's a lot of things that people do throughout their lives. And, you know, with my dad, you know, his thing that he did was that, you know, he was in the drug scene. So I'm kind of give you guys a backstory. So he was in the drug scene. I told you that my mom is still in and out of rehab. And it's one of those deep secrets that I feel that most people aren't willing to talk about, especially, you know, during a time where there wasn't any social media, right? And to kind of skip over the story a little bit, you know, him and my mom had relations, right? I was conceived during that. I don't like money was exchanged. They didn't really know each other all too much. And my mom, you know, she ended up getting pregnant, took that back to this Wayne Bird guy who was her boyfriend at the time and basically told him, hey, this is your son. And interesting enough, his reply to her was, that's not my kid. Right. And, you know, she has told me that for a long time that he never really claimed me. And, you know, you, you kind of have that resentment growing up that, hey, like my dad never wanted to claim me. And, you know, if he actually was a father, he should have been. Then maybe my mom wouldn't have been in that situation and maybe I would have like lived with her and I would have had a normal life. But damn it, dude, was <laughs> he was actually right. Right. I actually wasn't his kid. So, yeah. So after finding out that Charles McCoy was actually my dad, we had to figure out a way to build a relationship. Again, like I'm nearing 30. I'm nearing 30 at that point. And I lived my entire life not really knowing who my biological dad was. You know, my adopted dad was like the OG, like the best dad in the world. And unfortunately, he was taken from me in 2009. You guys know that story if you listen to episode one. But, you know, to actually get to the point where you meet your biological dad, I mean, it's a lot. It weighs on you emotionally. I had no resentment towards him. I just wanted to understand who he was, what he was all about. And I actually thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was kind of cool to learn about him, learn about my biological siblings, and understand what makes him tick, you know, his life story, right? So he was in the military, did time in the Air Force. And the reason why he ended up getting hooked into like the drug scene is because after the military, it was hard for him to cope with civilian life. That led to alcoholism, that led to drug addiction, and that led him to be in different worlds that he shouldn't have been in, which led to me being conceived. So that's the backstory of that. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to discuss one of the biggest crises we're facing today. The crisis is the lack of financial literacy. When you made your first paycheck, did anyone tell you what to do with it? Probably not. This is why 63% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And get this, half of which make more than six figures. So what I did was I took my expertise as a retired financial advisor and industry professional to give you a complete financial checklist that you can use to get your finances in order in less than 10 minutes. It's completely free and I have a link in my show notes. 
I want you to take complete command of your financial future this year, and this checklist is going to help you get started. Okay, let's get back to the episode. We decided, hey, like we wanted to meet up, you know, after I found out that he was my dad. We met up, we went to Chima in Philly, which if you're familiar with the Chima franchise, it is a steakhouse. So I don't know if we knew what to say to each other. The interesting thing was he and I kind of just like sat and like stared at each other. (laughs) My siblings were there, so that was cool. So I got to meet them. I was talking to them for the most part, but I think he and I were just, in just all of each other. Cause he looks like me. I look like him, right? We have the same demeanor. We have the same sort of personality. So a lot of it was just us processing where we were in life and how we we're going to continue on this relationship. So the cool thing is it went from that to now, like, you know, we talk on the phone all the time about life. You know, it's great to actually have a father-like figure that I can call and bounce ideas off of. Or if, like little things, I mean, things that if you have a father, like, you know, you can call him and ask him for advice on, you know, how to use whatever, like how to fix a car, right? How to fix something that might be going wrong with your car. You know, my car got broken into, I called him and, you know, he offered some advice on how to kind of get through that situation. So, Again, you know, I lost my adopted dad in 2009. So I've gone, you know, a good amount of time not actually having that father figure. So God gave me one back, right? And even now, like, you know, I talked to him, you know, Father's Day, we had a conversation. My birthday is right after Father's Day. So Father's Day this year is on June 18th. My birthday is on the 19th. So it was cool to talk to him two straight days in a row and understand what his world is all about. But that's the story. That's how I was able to meet him. That's how, you know, we have a relationship now. And, you know, one person, when I mentioned the story on Instagram, asked me if I have any resentment, do I not like him? Do I have certain feelings? And I told him, like, you know, people make mistakes, right? And the guy that is my father, Mr. Charles, is everything I could ever possibly have wished for because, In my head, my biological dad didn't exist anymore, right? He was either dead or in prison or what have you. And I wouldn't ever have came in contact with him. But the fact that to find out that he served the country, he was a teacher, which I would label as, you know, serving our country. He was a realtor. He did so much to help people, right? He's well-respected in where he lives because of how much he has helped people in their situations I mean, I couldn't ask much more than that, given the chance that he could have been like any one of the other people that lived in West Philly, right? So as we continue to build our relationship, it gets better and better. I learn more and more about him. I learn more about my siblings, which is a completely other story. You know, both my siblings, all three of my siblings are super cool, down to earth. My youngest brother reminds me of myself, um, just kind of, you know, he's you know, 22, 23, and he's just trying to figure out life. So it's cool to be that big brother to him. Like I've never had a brother that, you know, was close. So that's all been really cool. But yeah, I think the true moral of the story is that life is such a journey. Life is a journey. There's so many things. There's so many curveballs are going to be thrown at you. And there's a lot of things that you cannot control. And this happens to be one of the things I couldn't control. And I think 
as much as I could have let my emotions take a hold at that point when I first met my biological father, could have had resentment towards him, whatever, I have to understand that even our parents are humans too. And I think a lot of times we look at our parents and we want them to be perfect and they have all the, they have all the great answers and they can't do anything wrong, but they're human. They have flaws. There's deep, dark times of their life that we have to recognize and we have to kind of forgive them for. I'm not saying, you know, things that might be traumatic, you know, items that if you forgive them and they go back and they continue to do the same thing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying people who have learned from their mistakes and they're trying to do the best to be the best human that they can possibly be. I think we have to recognize that people are not perfect, including our parents or grandparents or our aunts or uncles. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, hey, like, you know, my parents are less than perfect and it's something that has bothered me throughout the years. Just remember that, you know, again, like they are human and, you know, give them a, another chance because you never know. One day you could have a kid, you can make similar mistakes and you would want them to forgive you for all the mistakes that you might have made in your life. So with that, you know, I continue to build a relationship with him, our biological siblings and I'm excited for the next journey or the next era of my life and getting to know him a little bit more in my adulthood. So with that, that is the end of this episode. And I look forward to not getting in my feelings in the next episode of the Barrel Podcast. Quick reminder, if you are learning to invest for the first time, so this is a sidebar. If you're learning to invest for the first time, you want to learn how to get into the market. You want to take advantage of the bull market that we're seeing right now where the market's up close to 15% year to date. I need you guys to click the link in the show notes and join my next webinar. My next webinar, again, completely free. You're going to take an hour and learn everything you need to know about managing your money and investing it the right way through my Bulletproof method. So as you're going through those modules, you're going to learn a lot about how I'm going to manage my money and what I teach my students when it comes to managing their money. So again, click the link in the show notes and I will see you there. With that, we're out. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Wallet Podcast. If you learned something new during today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love a rating and review as well. In closing, remember the goal is to live a better life through taking control of your money. We want our money to work hard for us so we can live the life that we've always imagined. I'll see you on the next episode.